Eric's birthday. We went on the search for an owl. It took us to a refuge that specializes in waterfowl. Thank you for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. Was I a little pitchy? I felt a little pitchy. No, you weren't pitchy. It was good. <laughs> I'm Hannah and he's Eric. And we created this podcast to share our adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on different birding topics. We are definitely not experts in anything that we discuss that might be controversial. We want you to remember their own opinions and they might be different from yours. So lots of stuff in the news. Well, not lots of stuff, just a regular amount of stuff in the news. <laughs> As always. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing is that it's Women's, uh, History Month, or International Women's Month. I don't know, there's a lot of women's and day and month, and yeah. last, yes, two, two days ago was International Women's Day. Yeah. Which, I celebrate year-round. Um. <laughs> well, why not celebrate year-round? Yeah, sure, and it was fun to see on, you know, social media, people talking about, like, all the cool things that women do, and the people, the women that inspire them to do things, and... That's always fun to see, but I'd like it to be more than just one day. And I kind of raged a little bit about I am a woman and I'm a birder. And, you know, just because I'm a woman doesn't make me less of a birder. Yeah, it doesn't. So, I sometimes <laughs> I feel like that. No. Um, which I guess brings me to the women's working groups. So in the last episode, um, we shared about Aisha White and the various sexual harassment claims that are being made um, on social media and, you know, to uh, authorities and to organizations. And this has led to several groups of women that are starting to talk about what can be done to try to prevent these things from happening to future people. Um, the future societies and also today's society. Yeah. Stop things from happening now. Yeah. And so a couple of the things that I know my group is talking about and my, the group that I've led, um, I hate, I don't really like calling it leading. I'm the one that put the zoom meeting together <laughs> and took notes. Uh, but we talked about possibly developing an accreditation process for organizations and festivals for things like, um, uh, like reporting of sexual harassments and certifying um, guys mm -hmm. with like background checks and like DMV records because a lot of organizations and festivals somebody just says like hey I want to be a guide and they're like great we need you <laughs> be yeah. a guide um without any checking I know that's happened to us which I mean I feel like most people can trust us but um but it, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt my feelings if if a festival did a background check yeah totally so that's happening, and also we are working on developing um, a survey for of sexual harassment cases and sexism, so we have an idea of kind of the broad impact that this has made um, and how often it actually occurs, because I know the small group that I've been talking with, you know, not everything, not all of these sexual harassment things have happened to all of us, and so we want to make sure that we're covering all of the different things that do happen. So um, if you want any more information about that or if you want to get involved, um, just, you know, our email is everywhere. So just hit me up and I'm happy to, to answer any questions. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, we can make a difference um, going forward. So not as many people feel like put down or, you know, experience sexual harassment in the birding community. So that's that. So you want to talk yeah. about your birthday presents? Yeah, so Hannah got me a bunch of stuff for my birthday. Um, one of the guests of our hotel actually got me, um, hummingbird thumbtacks. Yeah, they're really the, cute. It's like the bill of the hummingbird is the point. See, so, so then it looks like they're just flying into your notes that are hanging on the corkboard. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of, 
They're kind of cute. I like it on the back of the package. It says "Buy more birdseed." <laughs> yeah, yeah one, one of the one of the example notes there: uh, "Buy more birdseed." That's funny. <laughs> um, the other thing is, uh, Hannah got me. Um, is it all of the expansions that are out? Oceana and uh, Europe are those the only ones? I think so. Okay, I think those. So, are the so ones. she she got me all the expansions for Wingspan, which is a board game that we actually reviewed like like maybe a year and a half ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a while back. Um, and they've come out with a couple expansions. One for uh, Oceana, so down South Pacific Australia area, and then uh, um, the European expansion. Both of which are just like a whole bunch of whole bunch of birds instead of just being the um, U.S. centric birds. It's, now other birds. So that's super exciting. And then while I was looking up stuff about that, I found that there's an app for uh, Wingspan that you can download that's uh, free. It's called Wingsong that you can just take a picture of the cards. I haven't tried it yet, but you take a picture of the bird cards and then it'll play the bird's, bird's call. So for That's cool. For, the, for those that don't have like field guide apps on their phone and stuff like that that are just getting into birding, and already have wingspan, or because a lot of people are getting into birding because of wingspan, and well, and because think, of a million different reasons. But. And I think that shows that while people are playing wingspan, they're having conversations about the birds that they're playing with, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. So it's not just like oh, I'm playing a game or whatever. You look at all the pictures because they're just gorgeous paintings and artwork on these things, and then you're thinking more deeply about the species what is that are on the card. Yeah. yeah, and like, what does it sound like? So I think that's a really cool addition. Um, you know, an ad hoc kind of addition. Yeah, to the I game. think it's. I I don't really know much about the app, but I think it's completely unaffiliated. It's just a guy that was like, "I wonder what they all sound like," and then so then he just started taking pictures and programming an app to recognize the pictures and get the bird songs on on the app. So that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I have to try it out. Um, so we have, I guess, a couple announcements coming up. We will be going to Indiana, uh, this year. Last year we tried to go to Indiana, but you know, COVID. Um, so we didn't get there, but this year we're planning on it in May to go to the Indiana Dunes Birding Festival. So we're excited about that. Seriously, it's going to be so much fun to go over to the Midwest. Is that what's considered? You have no idea where it is, dude. I know where it's at. It's, it, I know where it's at. I just don't know. Is that, cons- is it far enough east I think it's still Midwest. It's, it's still Midwest. It's like yeah. Great Lakes region. Yeah, Great Lakes Let's area. Let's call it that. Yeah. We'll, we'll go to the Great Lakes area. It'll be fun. Um, I'm really excited because I was looking at the uh, different the schedule yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and there was something about Woodcocks dancing. and I just I want to see a Woodcock <laughs> so bad. I've seen one flush, and that's as close as I've gotten to see one. Was that when we were in Texas doing CBC? Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it flushed. It was like 15 feet in front of us, and it flushed, and I just saw it out of the corner of my eye going... <laughs> Through the, oh, I through the trees and it disappeared. It no, I, I saw the I saw the shape moving from the ground all the way into the canopy as it flew straight up and out of there. Well, shoot, I want to see one. I want to hear it paint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So there's that, and then we're also hopefully doing the Great Texas Birding Classic in April. Um. We missed it last year, but we're hoping to keep up our. Well, I I don't know if it counts as a streak. The sp- it, let's go with the g- spring Great Texas Birding Classic streak of human powered <laughs> challenge. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll see. We 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 missed it entirely last year, COVID and everything. This year, uh, if we can, if we can figure out getting the time off, and if uh, we can get hopefully fly with Delta again, that only sells to two thirds capacity. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, Plus, we have all that Israel money that we have to spend. Yeah, the, from the refunds from all of our trips that we were supposed to give you last year. Yeah. So, hopefully, we get down there. That'd be awesome. Yeah. 
So if you're going to either of those events uh, or participating in them, you know, mm-hmm. we'd love to see you in Indiana and see who out there is competing against us in the Great Texas Birding Classic. <laughs> so we had a review over the last uh, cycle. Um, it was a positive review from Yippie Skippy. Did you want to read <laughs> sure. Yippie Skippy's review? I realized when I was listening to the podcast that I was smiling. I am thoroughly enjoying listening to these two talk about subjects that are dear to my heart. While learning a lot, I am inspired to do more. Thank you per- for providing a happy place for me to be. Well, good. I'm glad I'm glad it makes you smile. I'm glad you consider uh, listening to us blabber on about stuff <laughs> as a happy place. <laughs> Birds make me smile. And me yeah. talking... Usually makes me smile. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you know I'm kidding most of the time when I talk about myself like that. Um, Thank you so much, Yippie Skippy, for uh, your review and for everybody else that's reviewed us. We appreciate it. And your ratings and reviews help um, other people find out about our show and um, learn more about birding. Yeah, they do. As (laughs) As far as I know, that's how it works. I mean... I'm just going to keep perpetuating I, that. Well, until other until the other podcasts I listen to tell me otherwise. <laughs> You're just repeating what they say. I just repeat what the other podcasts say. Like they they say it on like uh, on, you don't even know. name another podcast. Well, uh, on the normal cast, he talks about it all the time. Like, yeah, he talks. About, oh, your your reviews are going to get me up there so people can see me in in rock climbing podcasts <laughs> of the two that exist. So we had some people listen to our show, and our top listenership was. I cough. Ho, Why are you? Ho? I can't remember now. Me. I can't. I can't remember how, how we how we decided to pronounce it. Well, I'm going to Hoff. Hoff. Yeah. Hoff, Ohio. And second runner-up was. Manhattan. I guess the first first runner-up. At Man- Manhattan, New York. So that one's that one's a diff- difficult one to pronounce. <laughs> but. Um. So just speaking of Hoff. Ohio, or however you pronounce it, um, there's another conspiracy going on with all the Buzzsprout podcasts. If you listen to us for the last couple episodes, we talked about how Lake Stevens, West Lake Stevens, Washington, mm-hmm. was getting all these listens, but nobody was hearing from the listeners in those areas. And so it was this whole big thing about how, like, podcasts or um, IP addresses are being funneled out of that location. And they yeah, because it's a big data center. And they hadn't been assigned to mm-hmm. anyone. So if you're listening in, you know, just say Alaska, it could have come through and said you were listening from Westlake Stevens. Exactly. And, and so now folks on the Buzzsprout Facebook page are starting to think of the same thing about Huff, Ohio, because none of us have heard from people who live there. Yeah. But if you do live there, let us know. <laughs> let us know that we're wrong. We're but, just going to keep chasing this IP thing around. But, but I, I have a feeling that they're all correct, that there is a, um, a data center for Google or for whoever that's uh, assigning IP addresses in in Hoff, Ohio. So that's fun. Anyways, thank you all for listening. Uh, If you have a fun town name that you want to stump us with, go ahead and make everybody in that town listen. (laughs) Or or if you have a data center coming to your town, go ahead and let us know so we can anticipate the large large influx of IP addresses. So your birthday was a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. How old are you? I've been told I'm 32. Uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I can count that high, but. <laughs> well, now that you're older than 20, it's a little bit harder. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, oh, I mean, off. I mean, I got to, yeah, I got to 21 and I could start drinking. And then the next milestone, I guess, was 25 where the, where the rental car situation <laughs> dropped off. Though. Oh yeah. We were really excited about that year. Obviously. Obviously. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember there being an issue renting a car, but. 
Okay. I, I've always been told that. Um, and and then now it's just uh, the big ones, 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 and 110, wow, 120. Depressing. So you turned 32 the other day. Yes. And so we decided to celebrate not just with the fun wingspan gifts, um, which I also got you a sweatshirt that I was pretty excited about, but you don't seem to be as excited about it. I forgot to it. talk about the sweatshirt. It was a cool sweatshirt. I, I wore it. It's so it's a sweatshirt. I don't know where, where Hannah got it from, but I got it from Redbubble. Okay, so she got it from Redbubble, but it's um, it's like it's if it, it fits a niche that I was missing for sweatshirts. Are you sweatshirts. kidding me? This is what you're excited about this, about the sweatshirt. That's what I'm excited about. Oh my about. gosh! It, it, so I have I have some sweatshirts from Costco, which are nice and warm. They're almost to like a jacket level of. Warm. I would call them a jacket, like a fleece lined jacket. Yeah, they're almost that level, but they're they're soft. They're all soft because they're like a sweatshirt, and then. Then I have some hoodies that are kind of pretty thick, and then this is like a thin hoodie, but it's not like the paper thin hoodies. It's it's kind of it, it fits that niche that I needed for like when it's forty degrees outside, and I don't really need a sweatshirt, but it's like right <laughs> it's like right on the verge. I can wear this, and it and it and it's comfortable. That's what you're excited about about it. <laughs> Well, it's also always a good day to go birding. I mean... It says it's a great day to go birding, and I was really excited about that, but apparently he doesn't care. I care. So anyways... Anyways. Um, got you the perfect sweatshirt to go birding with, and we decided... It worked to... great. The temperature that day was perfect to, I know. To, to wear that sweatshirt. It was the perfect sweatshirt for that day. It was awesome. Um... So, so we decided uh, to, we got the day off. My parents came down and watched the hotel, even though it's been busy. And we went off in search of an owl that we'd been seeing on WhatsApp that folks were say, talking about, oh, this long-eared owl has been at this refuge. And, you know, we kind of tracked it and like, oh, I hope we can go see it someday. And someday, maybe. we finally got a chance to go look for it. Yeah, so it was it was being seen at a National Wildlife Refuge that is just south of uh, Salem, Oregon, so just south of our capital, um, and it's it's a fairly large ish. I guess it's fairly small. I don't know. It's it's a fair, it's a fairly medium ish, extra medium uh, <laughs> National Wildlife Refuge, um, really close to I five the I five corridor. It's about two and a half hours um, from us, so we got up. Like seven is about when we left mm-hmm. and got to the refuge nine thirty ten. So, or so we honestly were like it was like sleeping in in terms of going birding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, were, we were really tight. It was well, a we long know, drive. It was my birthday, so yeah. we weren't uh, we weren't rushing anything. So. Well, we set our alarms for six, and I tried to get you up, and you didn't get up. <laughs> I laid there and played on my phone, and then I had some coffee. So, anyways, this wildlife refuge, Ankeny. Um, we've been there a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't really. We couldn't really, like, figure it out the first couple times. Like, we'd been there to look for specific things and also get kind of frustrated that we couldn't figure it out because do you remember the first time we went to that Eagle Marsh mm-hmm. and we were like, where are the trails here? Where's the refuge headquarters? Yeah, it's it's kind of, um, the there's roads that encircle the entire place and then uh, a couple trails that kind of go into it a little bit and then... You just kind of just drive all the way around the rim of the National Wildlife Refuge. And there's different parking spots yeah. that are next to, like, ponds and marshes. Yeah, and then there's some overlooks. Um, and the reason we have we went there the first time was because it's in uh, Marion County, which is the county that our capital's in. But it's... Uh, also, I believe where Marion Berries were either Marion, invented or they're named after Marion County. They're named after Marion County. I think they were invented there for some reason. But maybe they were invented in, at OSU. I thought they were, but... Well, anyways. I don't know. Marion. Marion County. Marion County. Yeah. 
Uh, Marion berries are delicious. It's like a mix between a blackberry and a raspberry. And a raspberry. Yeah, like it's so good. it's a genetic mix between the two. So they're, <laughs> they're... Su- super extra juicy. They're uh, anyways. It's what you got to have when you're here. Yeah. Any <laughs> anyways, off off of Marion berries. We um it, it was Ankeny National Wildlife Refuge. I think is the number one hotspot in that county. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason we went there. We're like, oh, we'll go there and get get a whole bunch of birds, and we got like ten. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like the first the first time we ever went, which was like two years ago. Yeah, we went to like one marsh, and it was just like Canada geese and yeah. like maybe some sh- shovelers in the foreground mm-hmm. or something like that. It was like I don't get why people come here, and I don't understand how they're being successful birding here. Yeah, but then but then we ended up going there on our way back from Montana back in October, and we it was because there was a rare bird being seen, a wood sandpiper. It's a, a Asian uh, sandpiper that had flown over, and. We saw it, and while we were there, we ended up with like 35 species or 40 species or something. And that was going to a different pond. So the first time we went to Eagle Marsh Pond, mm-hmm. and then the sandpiper was at... Pintail Lakes. Pintail Lakes. But then there's all this other parts of the refuge yeah. that we just like, huh, what do we do here? There's and, and it's so many of the different trails are closed during certain times of the year. Mm-hmm. There's p- portions that are closed for breeding season, portions that are closed for winter season. And it just depends on what is being managed in that area. So part of it, there's um, a big portion of it that's set aside for uh, the dusky, um, the dusky Canada goose. That that whole area is shut off during the winter to protect the dusky Canada geese during the winter, or all cackling and Canada geese coming down, but to protect them in in the winter time while they're here wintering. And then there's a big large portion that's closed during breeding season to protect breeding birds. So the whole dusky goose thing is interesting because it was really like habitats like this were really preserved because of a decline in the species in the 1950s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And that was due to earthquakes and floods um, where they would normally nest in the Alaska's Copper River Delta. And because of how, you know, the whole Willamette Valley was starting to be um, developed for houses and communities and things like that. And so they had to protect these little pockets of space for these, these species. For the, the subspecies of Canada goose. And it's really, you know, natural disasters harmed its um, nesting area. And then humans have really modified their they're, wintering they're, area. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's so kind of like a double that you know, Exactly. Double and we're, we're just like kicking them, kicking them when they're down. <laughs> Oh, you guys lost all of your breeding areas. Well, you can't have your wintering areas yeah. either. So, so um, that's part of why this location was preserved, and it was established in 1965. And you know, like I was saying, I just I never really got what was going on, and that's because, like, you know, I'm I approach parks differently than a lot of people do. Like, I have a lot of experience working in parks and thinking about them, you know, and mm-hmm. how they're structured and oriented, and. That's part of the problem with Ankeny is that it doesn't have like a headquarters that I've ever been to and like looked and, you know, looked at a map and really got the whole picture and the whole orientation of how it works. Like I can look it up on the website, but that just doesn't mean a whole lot to me until I'm at a place and it's like, oh, here's the map and oh, this is over here. Okay. I understand. This is this road. Um, So I am excited about them building this brand new nature center that they're building Mm -hmm. because that'll help at least me (laughs) understand a little bit better how it all works. It's so I think they're rebuilding. I think there used to be a visitor center there that was kind of older and kind of falling apart. And and what's going on now is they're rebuilding it. It's a whole big, huge, fancy, fancy building that's going at at the north end of the refuge. That's going to have, it looks like it's a whole nature center, visitor center thing with a bunch of parking. So that, that'd be super exciting when that, uh, 
eventually opens. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess post COVID will probably when it, when it's finally open because it's still uh, still just kind of taking its time getting there. Well, anyways, I definitely want to go back when that's after that opens. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's where the bathrooms are going to be, which is exciting because we spent <laughs> a lot of time searching around for the bathrooms. It's not really a location that's conducive to peeing outside. Um, there's a lot of open fields and ponds and things like that. Not a lot of like private, more private enclosed areas. Um, but anyways, so driving into the refuge, we were going to a place to... We saw an eBird, you know, that this is where the long-eared owl is being seen. Mm-hmm. And it was part of the park or the refuge that we hadn't been to before. And so driving down the road to get there, we looked up in the trees and there were two bald eagles sitting in the, the big tree on the way on the drive-in, mm-hmm. which I always feel like is something that we tend to see, right, when we're going into a well, national like, as wildlife refuge. It, I feel like it's almost an ominous sign of we're not going to see anything because it's like, oh, all right, well, we saw bald eagles, so now we're not going to see anything else because we already saw... We already saw the shining spectacle of the bald eagles just right there. So we get in there and there's going to be nothing. So I feel like it's always like like an ominous, like, oh, man, we saw bald eagles now. We're not going to see anything. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that, that always goes through my mind every time we see it because it's like, okay, well, they scared everything around them. And they're probably we're probably just not going to see anything. But it, it, that turned out not to be true. It wasn't ominous this time. <laughs> So we got to the trailhead. It was called the Rail Trail. Um, and like I said, we'd never been on it. We knew there was a boardwalk, which is where the long-eared owls were being mm-hmm. seen. And um, started down the trail and then, gosh, got like 10 feet in. And Eric sees a creeper that's on the tree like right next to him. I, w- I didn't bring a recorder with me. Because I just wasn't thinking when we grabbed our stuff to head well, out in the morning. we forgot that. We also forgot the scope backpack yeah so i had to carry it over my shoulder the whole time yeah so i and i'm immediately getting out of the car we didn't even go down the trail and we were hearing the tee, 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 of the um brown creepers just calling over and over and over and i was like oh. i almost i in my phone as i'm having issues with my phone right now so i couldn't record on my phone <laughs> and i was like oh, it was man. a hard day <laughs> i was like oh. so I didn't get any recordings of the creepers, but there were so many creepers, like, starting off, just calling and calling and calling, and then we walked down the trail, like, 10, 15 feet, and then they are just, like, right here, like, 10 feet away, boom, 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 all around us. Like, it was probably the most creepers I've seen, like, brown, most brown creepers I've seen in one place in a long time. <laughs> um, and so the first section of the trail was, it had, like, uh, replanted areas on one side, mm-hmm. and then on the other side, it was kind of like a, I don't know, what kind of forest would you call it? I don't know. I didn't really look at the species of trees, but it was it's um it's like a wetland forest. So it's uh the whole the whole area it's it's a flooded forest area that is during the winter is not or during the summer is not flooded. So it's it's seasonal. Um but this time of year it was like there was a, a couple feet of water just standing water all around through these trees, which the trees they're I, Wish I would have looked at what type of trees they were, but they're 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 used to this. This is the sort of habitat that they uh, grow up in, and that's what they had planted in this uh, replanting area. Yeah. So going going down the trail, we had uh, we had those creepers. We had the nice replanting area, but the whole trail was just muddy because <laughs> it's it's. I mean, you you can't like you you put gravel and then it sinks into the mud, and it's just it's a lot of work. Um, but it was it was about a quarter mile down when we got to the boardwalk. And then the boardwalk, that, the boardwalk is nice and it had a big giant yeah. sign saying slippery, be careful, slippery when wet, but not it only... It wasn't slippery at all. Not only was it not slippery, it wasn't wet. So um, I was like, well, that's, I, maybe it is slippery when it's wet. 
but it wasn't wet today. Like, but, even though it was, like, it had rained the, the night before. So, leading up to it, there was a lot of, like, habitat edge. Um, so, we saw, like, chickadees and, you know, the creepers and mm-hmm. had a couple woodpeckers, like, calling. And then we got to the boardwalk and it turned off. And, like, going through this, like, hardwood flooded area, it was just kind of, like, quiet except for, like, ducks. Yeah, and so it was you, hear, interesting. you hear coots every once in a while or a gadwall laughing, like, just kind of off in the distance. But it was interesting how you just, like, it automatically, like, changed from one habitat type to another. And, yeah. like, the, the bird, you know, species. Um, immediately flipped. Yeah. There, no more chickadees. No more uh, no more creepers calling. It was just, just to the ducks and the coots just off in the distance calling through the forest. Which is a little weird. And, like, we didn't do a good job of looking at eBird to see where the owls were. Um, other than we knew that it was, like, on this trail. And so we're just, like, carefully poking and looking through all of the trees. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I think it's there. I think it's there. <laughs> and we just kept on walking. And then I finally decided to get out eBird and look at all the comments that people had written in the past um, list. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we didn't accidentally miss it because that's always going to be my fear. <laughs> we walk right past it. And... <laughs> and so, like, a lot of people hadn't written notes for him. Um which I don't know if it's just because people don't write notes on their lists or just like, oh, they thought, you know, oh, enough people have seen this, that I think information's pe- out there. I think most people don't put notes unless it's a rare bird. Like, there's a lot of people that, unless unless they're forced to, they don't put notes for things, which I'm, I'm guilty of a lot of times. Just... Yeah, I guess so. Um, so anyways, people were saying that they had seen the birds like 50 feet after the blind Mm -hmm. on the boardwalk. So we just kept on hiking along, seeing ducks, got to the blind. And I was really excited about like, oh, where am I going to see the owls? This is the blind. (laughs) But Eric wanted to look at the blind first. And so we're like in there looking and there was a whole herd of like widgeons and teal. (laughs) They they were a herd because they were on the, they were on the ground. They weren't in the water. And they were like, they were like uh, stampeding, I guess. <laughs> it was like a stampeding herd of, of uh, American widgeons, just like. It's like, kind of like if you ever <laughs> see the northern shovelers like do their feeding thing in mm-hmm. a circle, like in a pond. It was like that, but with widgeon on land. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just picture that, but not that. <laughs> <laughs> but a different species and a different kind of habitat. <laughs> Um, but there were other cool things in the pond. There was ringneck ducks and buffleheads and a couple grebes. Uh, and of course <laughs> the whole herd of widgeon. <laughs> <laughs> but right. So we, 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 we enjoyed those. Hannah was antsy. Wanted to keep moving on. <laughs> I want to go find the owls. So as soon as we stepped out of the blind, there was a downy woodpecker that was like two was feet like from the trail. In the water. <laughs> yeah. It was like all the way at the water's edge. So I was like, oh, I got to get pictures of this. So then Hannah's getting really antsy. Like trying to trying to sneak past me while I'm taking pictures of this downy woodpecker, and we go up maybe not even fifty feet, twenty feet or so. Yeah. Past the past the the blind, and we see a couple guys standing down there that are looking at something in the tree. So we're like, oh, maybe maybe they're looking at, looking at it. And so I'm like watching where they're looking, and then Hannah is kind of looking around and everything, and then she spots something, not where they're looking. I finally was the first one to spot an owl. <laughs> so she she spots an owl, and it turns out there was four of them. But, like, we saw the first two. They were right next to each other on branches, but, like, maybe 30 or 40 feet back Mm -hmm. in the brush. And, like, it was really dense brush. And so I, like, barely saw them. And we were trying to get a good vantage point. And so we finally found one for those two. And then I see some fluttering, like, next to it. And it's like, oh, there's another owl. There's another one. It's like, more out in the open. (laughs) 
And then as soon as that one flutters, a harrier flies over, and I thought it was a, I thought it was another owl. Like I thought I was like, there's a there's a four owl flying over here, and but it turned out it was a, just a northern harrier. Well, just a northern. It was a northern harrier flying over, so that was cool. And then a few minutes later, we find a fourth owl. So all of these just all boom, 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 all around us, like super exciting. Standing on this boardwalk, have the scope set up on the on the long-eared owls, looking at them. And it's so cool because long-eared owls, they're uh, nocturnal species, you know, like mini owls. Mm-hmm. Um, not all owls, not of all course. Owls. And they're just so funny. They look like they're spooked all the time. <laughs> like, they're like a skinny, lanky, um, great horned owl, almost. But like half the size of a great horned. And it's so bizarre that they roost communally in uh, in the winter. In the winter. And so it's just so odd to see, like... Four owls, you know, like yeah. within a, you know, not very big distance from each other. Oh, they're like right, all right next to each other. And they're not, it's like normally when you see a bunch of owls together, it's like, oh, well, it's, it's a parent and then a couple owlets. Mm-hmm. But these are all adult owls that are all just hanging out together because that's what they do in the winter. And so there are species that, you know, they like grassland and open country for foraging. They roost in uh, dense areas mm-hmm. of vegetation um, pine stands and things like that is where they like to be in the winter. Um, they. So something not, not to interrupt you, no, where, where, where were you going? <laughs> I don't, I don't know where you're going with that, but, um, so, something I just wanted to say, cause it was just stuck in my head. Something I read the other day about them is, and it's just amazing that, I mean, everyone has to see a bird for the first time at some point in their life. Like it does like, you're sure. at, at some point it's going to be the first time you've ever seen it this this today or yesterday happened to be the first time that we saw a longer doll mm-hmm. um but reading a, on the cornell all about birds and a random wikipedia page i found that had a ton of information but i don't know how, a lot of it how accurate a lot of it was but on both of those websites they had so much information about how widespread and how numerous and it, it made me think like how am I, how has it been this long that <laughs> I haven't seen one of these when it's the most widespread this and it's the most <laughs> numerous and it's like, oh, so, so you, it, it's, I felt like Wikipedia and Cornell were like taunting me like, oh, well, see, it's the most numerous. I don't know why you haven't seen it. Like, it's like Blue Jays, you know, it took us forever. Like we were burning for like six years before we had finally seen a Blue Jay. We, we just weren't in the habitat for them. Yeah. And like, I mean, if you look at the map here, I've got it on Cornell, like they are widespread. They are all over the U.S. and most of Canada is where you can see them. Of course, you know, different seasons. Yeah. Um, well, you can see then, them in different places. And then they're also all through Europe and Asia too. Yeah. Well, this isn't on there. Yeah. Um, but anyways, like they're they're so sporadic so it's not like you know like certain species that it's like they're there every Mm -hmm. single year they come back to the same place like these guys are really sporadic like if you look at the ebird map i was you know most of it is just kind of a light purple which means (laughs) that it's like they're widespread but they're just not they're not clustered or anything like that like there's been like one reporting here in Clatsop county in the past like 15 years hmm. of them and then in uh marion county like right near where we saw them they hadn't been seen there for a handful of years yeah it's, so they i was just, just like amazed like weirdly. It, it was just amazing like the way that they describe it it's it's a species of least concern because it's so widespread and it's, and it's the most numerous owl or something like that and i was like they're more numerous than barn owls? Like, they're more numerous than, than barred owls? Like, are they really? And apparently they are. I don't... But I was just like... I felt like they were taunting me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, you've been burning for so long and you've never seen a long-eared Loser. owl. 
<laughs> no, we don't feel like that at all. No, it, they were they were awesome. Like I don't, I, I was picturing in my mind that they were going to be bigger, like as long like as long as a great horned owl. I feel like they looked but like skinny, they were, but but they I, I felt like they looked kind of small. But they're they're a medium sized owl. They're um they're the the same about the same size. If I think a little bit shorter than a barn owl. Mm-hmm. So they're they're not they're not giants like a great horned or a great gray. But they're kind of like a large eastern screech owl. A large eastern screech. Yeah, because they kind of have the tufts and kind of give you like that that same <laughs> the, look. The shocks look at you like. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anyways, that that was just super cool. We stayed and watched them, you know, for a little while, and we had a lot of people that were walking past on the boardwalk that stopped, and you know, I had my phone set my phone set up on the phone scope, mm-hmm. and which I just absolutely love this whole thing. We we stood and talked to a couple of guys for a few minutes about it, and they, you know, were really excited about the whole phone scope system, and I really like it because then people don't have to put their eyes on my scope. Yeah, they, they can stand three or four feet away from your scope and still see everything that's... It's like a live video of yeah. it, which is really neat. Um, and I can take some really cool pictures with it, too. Yeah, seriously. Not to try to sell any of you on buying a phone scope. I just really like it. And so we had some really good conversations with folks. Um, I We didn't meet this person, but, you know, I realized we had to go see this owl. Mm-hmm. When somebody had said that they saw that somebody had flown in from, this is like a, somebody said this, somebody said that. Um, <laughs> somebody had told me. Well, I saw on the WhatsApp that somebody had flown in from Atlanta to come see this birds, these birds. So... <laughs> I decided, like, okay, well, we definitely need to go see them. If somebody's flying across the country and it's not that far from us, we need to go find them. I, I'm sure they were just they just happened to be flying from Atlanta, and they were like, oh, well, since I'm here. It's just not even a species that was really on my radar up until seeing it on the, the WhatsApp, because, yeah. I don't know, they just they're, they don't come up in a high percentage on our um Target yeah, species. And, it's, and I think it's because they're so they're they're they can be nomadic and they're just kind of like they just pop up and hang out. But but they're nomadic as groups in the winter. So mm-hmm. yeah. it was it was it was really cool to see four of them just boom right there, fairly close to the trail. They didn't really seem to care at all that we were we were there. There, three of them were sleeping. One of them was yawning and preening. <laughs> <laughs> and to watch a squirrel for a long time. Oh yeah, I was very interested in a squirrel. The squirrel was probably almost as big as it was. Yeah, but it was very interested, and I watched. I was like, oh, I think we're gonna see him attack the squirrel. Oh like, my gosh. it's way too big for him. But that would have been wild. But that would have been so cool. But I mean, they're nocturnal, so he's probably just like concerned that the squirrel's gonna bother him. He's like, shut up down there, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everybody that we did meet was really respectful. We were all kind of whispering to each other about it oh, because yeah. they weren't super far away. Um, you know, yeah. none of them really showed con- signs that they were being um, bothered mm-hmm. by our presence. They were back in there. They they think they were hidden. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they probably didn't even know that we could see them. Like, they're probably like, oh, yeah, we're... the." We, we see all these people over there, but they don't see us. Stupid humans. Stupid humans. <laughs> so we saw the owls, got our fill, went back to the car, um, and then decided to drive around the refuge and see what else there was. Yeah, so we, we stopped at the same place that the wood sandpiper was, the Pintail Lakes, um, just to see if there was anything cool. Because last, in the fall, the, the water was real low, so there was tons of shorebirds out there. But it's uh, it's March. And it's been raining. <laughs> it's been raining. <laughs> so all of the water was super high. There was um, there was a handful of ruddy ducks. There was a couple of buffalo heads, a ringneck duck, but not uh, not much there. So the ruddy duck was new for the day. But 
And so, like, this isn't a refuge where it's, like, refuge roads. They're all, like, farm country highways. Mm -hmm. Because the refuge is, like, inside all the highways. And there's no, like, direct roads inside. Yeah, there's no road that goes, like, through the middle. No no driving auto tour through the refuge or anything like some of them have. Which is disappointing. Because, you know, that's my favorite thing (laughs) to do. (laughs) Hannah's favorite refuges have auto tours. (laughs) Um, So, anyways, while we were driving along, we kept seeing turkey vultures. Which was Mm -hmm. really our first of season. First of season turkey vultures. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... Just, like, so weird that it's, like, all of a sudden spring. Yeah, and and then the swallows, too. Both the tree and the violet green swallow, they're just swirling all around the fields. There were a couple of them attacking those red tails. I don't know if you saw oh, that no, when I, you were I missed, driving. I missed them attacking the red tails. Yeah, the the ones that you first identified. When yeah. We stopped on the side of the road. Oh, stopped like on the on the railroad tracks. Yeah, they were. Att- <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Um, they were attacking a couple of red tails. Oh, huh. that's interesting. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> So, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We got the bird, which mm-hmm. is exciting. It's always exciting to get the bird. I mean, we got really, really good looks, but because of the foliage, Hannah got some really good photos and videos through the trees. Um, I got uh, some identifiable pictures <laughs> with the camera. So, I don't know. I, I feel like it's almost a waste that I have a camera because the phone scope, like, replaces it, basically. <laughs> with, the, with the fancy iPhone, you have iPhone with the 28 million megapixel camera that an iPhone has that's super digital and everything. And then you just put a big giant lens on it. It is what it is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but it's harder to like, you know, get... You can't get action shots as things are flying by. (laughs) That's true. Why are you trying to hold a scope and catch things as their warblers are trying to get you? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty good at like getting on things with a scope, but, you know, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Because it's not so much like an extension of your arm, like a, like... Yeah, like holding a handheld camera. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So there is still a reason for me to have a camera. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if I should Good. get, like, for the top of my scope, like a, like a, what is it called on a rifle? Like the little oh, rifle just, scope. You know, no, you should get, you should get the metal, the metal sights, like. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, like, like an old timey, uh, just like metal, metal sights right here at the end. I wonder if they make something like that. <laughs> because, like, I mean. So you can sight it in and then look. Yeah, because, like, what is it, 25 is the smallest that it zooms in, yeah. and those owls were 30 feet away from us, yeah. <laughs> so it was, like, on my scope, like, trying to, going up and down through the canopy, yeah. but then as, it's, like, as you're, sca- it... as you're scanning, like, a six-inch by six-inch spot. I know, it's, like, I see <laughs> the owl, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get the scope on well, it. Well, part of it was the focus, though, because, yeah. like, it was hard to tell where to focus, because it was so dense, yeah. that it would focus in one spot, and then the owl's right behind it, and then I, it took me forever to find it. And then you realized, oh, actually, I am on the owl, but yeah. I'm, just, I'm just focused five feet behind the I'm owl. I'm just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't see it. Um, so anyways, anyways, uh, did all that, drove around the refuge, saw those first of year birds, and then decided we had to go buy Eric a birthday lunch. Yeah, so I, Hannah, it, it was a whole, I don't know, what do you want? I don't know, what do you want? A whole bunch of that. And Eric, it's your birthday, just decide. <laughs> but, and so I was like, okay, well, let's get, let's get some, let's get some Mexican food. I like, I want, I want some tacos. And, uh, so we started looking up tacos. There's Taco Bell, Taco Time. I think there was a, um, well, another thought, another taco, like, fast food place. I thought it was funny that you wanted taco time. So, like, we live in a fairly rural area, mm-hmm. and we our town doesn't have any chains. That's, like, one of the keystone things about Cannon Beach is that they don't permit chains. So we don't have McDonald's or anything like that in town. But the surrounding towns have a couple of options, like McDonald's and Dairy Queen and mm-hmm. Taco Bell. So, I mean, we're lazy 
and we go birding. So sometimes we'll like stop at McDonald's or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there's just not a whole lot of options. And so when I was like listing off all the places, I was like, well, you like Taco Bell? Let's get Taco Bell. And he was like, well, what about Taco Time? What about Taco like, Time? Is there a Taco Time? It's like, think larger, Eric. <laughs> But then, then we found this place. Uh, actually, we didn't even find it on the map. We were driving to Taco Time. We were driving to Taco Time, and I saw on the side I was like this place that said twenty four hour tacos abiertos. Um, it, name of the place is abiertos, so open in uh, Spanish. And I was like, oh, what about abiertos? Let's try that place. Some random random twenty four hour shop on the side of the road. And so we we did. I we sw- we swung in. It was definitely definitely a whole hole in the wall restaurant in Salem on yeah. Market Street, I think. I don't know, um, but it was it was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. I, I got the the lengua platter, so uh, beef tongue, and it was delicious. It was really really good. Um, I wish I wish I had more salsa, but <laughs> that was my fault because they offered salsa to everyone else and you I didn't say I anything. Didn't, I didn't say anything. <laughs> and I had the carnitas burrito, which was really good too. Mm-hmm. Ended up being very greasy, but okay. all of the good. food was super greasy. But that's that's what you get with a twenty four yeah, hour taco shop. Sure. When you go, when you go into one of these like taco places, that you're you're gonna get a lot of greasy food and it's gonna be delicious and it's gonna be awesome. Um, we also got the carne asada fries. Dude, those fries were good. Yeah, and we we couldn't finish it all, so we brought it home and then uh, I had those fries for birthday dinner <laughs> or birthday lunch part two. I we guess. we live large here. <laughs> it it was good. I, I had a lot of fun. We had we 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 saw the owl. You got your tongue. I got I got my beef tongue. Yeah. And we did a bunch of driving. I guess. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it was a nice day, too. Like, Oh, the weather was fantastic. Yeah, it was clear and beautiful. And and I had a new sweatshirt that was just, just the right thickness. Stop. And it was just, you know, the first day of spring, it felt like. Oh, for sure, yeah. And then we had left, the, when we left the beach to go up to um, Salem, like, it started raining, like, the second we left. Like, the sky over the ocean was just, like, dark. It was and ominous, we, like, huge thunderheads. We were like, like we ooh, gotta get out of here. Let's head east. <laughs> um, so yeah, it ended up being a really fun day. That was good. And I got to spend your birthday with you. Oh, that's nice. Like every day. <laughs> well, thank you guys all for listening to our podcast. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed it and or learned something new. Please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else that you listen to us. If you'd like to connect with us on the socials, Please follow us at Hannah Goes Birding and Eric Goes Birding on Instagram. Hannah with an H, Eric with a K. You can also follow us on our Twitter at WeGoBirding. Our Facebook page is Hannah and Eric Go Birding. And you can also email us at Hannah and Eric Go Birding at gmail.com. We also have a website, GoBirdingPodcast.com. Um, any of those places, you can send us messages or and on some of them you can rate us. I don't know. There's, there's lots of different things you can do to interact with us. And by the way, Natasha, we owe you an email. We have it. We just need to write it. Yes. So if you do send us an email and we don't get back to you immediately, we apologize. We have a lot of things going on. <laughs> we're, we're, we're very uh, lazy. Overwhelmed. Or busy. I don't know. Both? Yes. We pro- we're very busy, but we procrastinate. We're very busy, end. but we procrastinate. <laughs> as, as evidenced by us recording this the day that it goes out. It just means it's up to date. Yeah, it's very up to date. Up to the minute. <laughs> Well, thank you guys all for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Or talk to you next time. Talk at you next time. Talk at you next time.